We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Meanwhile, the Knicks, their three-game winning streak comes to an end. They finish the road trip, still a, a very strong road trip at 3-2. and two. Disappointing performance tonight. But the Timberwolves one of the best teams in the NBA. And I believe that's Glenn Taylor. Okay. We can all start to think about the turkey and the stuffing. Stuffing's better than turkey. Um, the Knicks lose their final game before uh, the Thanksgiving holiday coming up on, on Thursday, and they are now going to be off for a little while. They don't play again until Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, they lose 117 to 100 to a very good Minnesota Timberwolves team um, that is has the best record and the re- best record in the Western Conference. And uh, tonight they they certainly show showed why as we will get into in a bit. Um, I always, you know, struggle to to find the proper u- word to use to describe a, a Knicks loss. Um, some of them are heartbreaking. Uh, some of them are absolutely like if you leave you feeling despondent. Some of them are annoying. Some of them are frustrating. This was more just kind of disappointing. And I think the disappointment in this loss generated for me uh, for several reasons. For one, and DJ Zulo, shout out to anybody who did the watch along with us and was watching along on playback, said before the game started, like, you know, they don't have really have a signature win. Like they're eight and five. It has felt a really good to be eight and five. Obviously their, their net rating is, is excellent, but they don't have that one real quality win where you could kind of latch on to and say, okay. And you know, this was an opportunity on the road against a team that is playing great, but certainly you could, you know, is, is capable of being beaten because you could beat anybody in the NBA today. And then to go out and not play well, really at all, in the first half and still somehow by hook or by crook, find yourself in a two point game at the half to then come out and within, I mean, really within like two minutes of the third quarter, you know, if you want to go three, four minutes of the third quarter, um, just absolutely like we knew the game was over. Um, the wolves got out to an 11 0 run to start the second half. And before you knew it, it was, you know, a 20 point game. It was disappointing. Um, you would you would have loved to see them somehow, some way, dig down, find some kind of reserve that 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 they didn't know they had, and just make it a game down the stretch. Even if they didn't win, just to kind of figure out a way to make it a game until the fourth quarter. And then, as I say that, 
I'm like, you're being a little ridiculous, Macri. Because yeah, we could build this up as like a, a test game in our heads, and like, can they get a signature win and the whole thing? This Nick team, if you would have told me for sure, and I think a lot of people, like, would you sign for eight and six after the first fourteen games, nine of which, nine of the fourteen were played on the road, including this, this game against the Timberwolves in Minnesota, the last game of a five-game road trip in which they played, make sure I don't screw this up, um, in which they played a lot of basketball recently. They they played, obviously, the back-to-back against the Hornets and the Wizards, but they've only had... One day they had one day off between Boston and Atlanta, one day off between Atlanta and Washington, and then one day off between the Hornet game and Minnesota. And if you add it all up, five games in eight days. Um, and actually, Andrew is reminding me I missed one because the Charlotte game, which was the back to back immediately before the Boston game. So it is six games in nine days. And they emerged from playing six games in nine days with four wins and two losses. So to get the and and one of those losses against the best team of basketball in Boston, which is nothing to be ashamed about, you know, even though the Boston game kind of went like this one, you know, where it's like you stay close, you stay close, you stay close. And then Boston eventually just put their foot down. And, yeah, that could leave you feeling a little despondent if you want to take a glass half empty approach. But my glass, of course, is always full. And I kind of see it for what it is. The Boston game, obviously, they didn't have R.J. Barrett and this game. They did not have their legs uh, collectively under them as uh, the Knicks shot. I want to get their their final shooting line up here. I believe they finished the game shooting exactly 25% from three. No, sorry. They shot under 25% from three. They were nine for 38 for a conversion rate from deep of 23.7%. They shot 34.8% overall. This team could not buy a basket. Um, it was, and it was obvious early on and what made that, and again, we like, I'm, I'm, there may be some comments tonight about, oh, the Knicks are, you know, they're, they're a bad shooting team. The Knicks have just finished a streak that is quite literally was in the running for one of the best three point shooting stretches, uh, in their franchise history. They shot over 40% in nine straight games or excuse me, six straight games, six straight games. They'd only topped that twice before. They were trying to equalize the longest streak in franchise history tonight. Obviously, they didn't get there. But again, fifth game of a five-game road trip. And I think what made it even more challenging is going into this, and I kind of wrote this a little bit earlier today, and I said it before the broadcast, you can't beat this Timberwolves team if you don't hit threes. You probably need to take a lot of threes too, but you definitely need to hit the threes that you take. because, And you saw it play out. And that's why they made the the Gobert trade, which they got eviscerated for over you know six months last year. But you saw the vision. You saw the vision tonight because with Gobert back there, still being a walking top five defense, and Minnesota is that, it allows their perimeter players, as they did in Utah, to just play that much more aggressively on the perimeter. The difference between this Wolves team and Utah is this Wolves team actually has other really, really good defenders. Between Jaden McDaniels, who left early with an injury, um, and then you throw out Anthony Edwards, you throw out Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and even Carl Anthony Towns, we were talking about it on the broadcast. Like Carl Anthony Towns is a good defender, but he's long. He's big. He's there. He's physical. Um, he stands in the way. Like Julius tried to bang him down, bang him down, bang him down. He wasn't get anywhere. 
So they play how they're going to play out there on the perimeter. And you are going to need to pass the ball a lot to get open threes. Probably you're going to need, if they give you a sliver, you're going to have to fire away. And even as they have been literally the best three point shooting team in the league for the last two weeks, the Knicks have like, they still are a rhythm team when it comes to shooting threes. Like that's not really what they want to do with a few exceptions. Um, so the Wolves exploited that in particular with Julius Randle. They were, and to and to a lesser extent with R.J. Barrett, and R.J. made them pay a little bit for it. He hit, I think, two of his, uh, I want to say he took three attempts from deep tonight, or he t- excuse me, he took four attempts from deep, hit three. So he made them pay for it from deep. Julius Randle, not so much. Attempted six threes, made one, and he looked uncomfortable behind the three-point arc. And how could you blame him? Because he's hit 33% from three coming into this game. So there's a reason he felt he looked uncomfortable and felt uncomfortable and why he wanted to get it inside, get it inside, get it inside. And that process, you know, was not great in the first half, ended up having an okay game, um, put up a, a nice stat line when all was said and done 21 points on 16 shots. But when you have a defense that is so keyed in or is able to key in so drastically on stopping Brunson and boy, were they, because they played, you want to talk about playing Brunson above the arc, like they were playing him high. Um, and the dude still went off for 25 points on 15 shots. That's let you know how how good of a, a groove Jalen Brunson is right now. But they were playing Brunson high, and then the second he got inside the arc, they were just throwing length at him. So Brunson could only do so much. And then if you got Julius not really feeling comfortable taking shots behind the arc, and nobody else on the team is making any shots, behind the arc with the exception of RJ Barrett. As I said, he went three for four and Brunson went three for six. Um, the rest of the team collectively <laughs> hit two, excuse me, three. I can't add. Um, and you're not getting anything at the rim because it's Rudy Gobert. Well, then you're not scoring. Um, and the only way you can score, and this is how the Knicks actually stayed in this game in the first half was they turned defense into offense. They got six deals, eight total turnovers, And that's really how they stayed in the game. Between that and the offensive rebounds, they won the possession battle so drastically. They took 13 more shots than the Timberwolves in the first half. Now, it should say something that they took 13 more shots than the Wolves in the first half, and they were still down two. That lets you know how much better the Wolves were playing than them, and they were. And then what happened in the second half? They stopped being able to turn the Wolves over because the Wolves just came out. Anthony Edwards in particular ratcheted up to a new gear, a different gear on offense in that third quarter. Um, took care of the ball more and the Knicks weren't able to, you know, get some offensive rebounds for a while. The Wolves finally hit some threes. They didn't really hit threes all night, except for that stretch in the third where they knocked down just enough to get that big lead. And then it's all you wrote. You know, it's all she wrote. Um, it's when you go through the game like that and you actually kind of talk it through, there's not really very much to get upset about um, for as much as you're certainly, you know, tempted to get annoyed. That said, are there things that will get brought up tonight that people will want to talk about more? Yeah, I mean, we're now, th- you know, a month into the season, and for as much as Randall has rebounded from one of the worst starts in NBA history, he's still not hitting threes. Against good teams, that's a problem, because teams are going to dare him to hit threes. Quen Grimes, you wondered how he was going to respond. Coming off of uh, missing a game, it seemed like he was going to miss a few games. And then all of a sudden, here he is tonight, ready to play. Took six shots, all from deep. 
Missed all six. I'm sure he's done that before in his career. I can't imagine he's done it many times. And first game back, maybe he wasn't, maybe he shouldn't have given it a go. Was he feeling some pressure to give it a go? I don't know. Um, but it's not like his backup did any much better. DiVincenzo coming off that career uh, night against the Hornets, he was only two of eight. Although I, he had some nice moments, I'll say that. So, you know, the Grimes, DiVincenzo stuff might continue. Um, Mention Randall. RJ, this is now two games in a row where uh, the, the Hornets game, I, I would say the bigger issues were behind the arc. He only hit one three, I think, in five attempts. Tonight, hit his threes. One of nine inside the arc. Really couldn't get it going. Again, not a great matchup. Were there a couple of shots that, just like in the Charlotte game, looked like maybe he was forcing a little bit? Sure. Did he miss some shots that he usually, that he was making in the early season, beginning of the season? Yes. It's two games back. I'm not losing my shit about RJ Barrett. Um, He'll be fine. Um, And then uh, I mentioned Bronson had himself a nice game, although he, again, struggled inside the arc. But give give Minnesota all the credit in the world for that. Um, Josh Hart, shoot your open threes, man. If they're giving you open three, again, I know nobody's making them tonight, but like you got to shoot it. If you're not going to shoot it, that's a problem. Quickly off night, 107. And I'll end with a positive. Um, and again, I'll shout out DJ Zulo, who was on the um, watch along with us and said before the game, and he was excited to see the matchup between Mitchell Robinson and Rudy Gobert, two guys who uh, certainly are both in the defensive player of the year running uh, in the early going. And Mitch held his own. Um, you know, I, I understand Gobert won, won the battle so to speak. He had himself a nice night. He was seven for seven from the field, caught some lobs, uh, you know, look very good. Mitch got himself a double-double, got himself seven more offensive rebounds. Pretty nice. Um, And in the first half, I thought he was the best player on the Knicks. You know, he didn't almost didn't get a chance to have that much of an impact, you know, by the time things got going, that onslaught in the third quarter. Uh, But he, 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 Went toe to toe with, you know, really one of the best there is. And I thought he has nothing to hang his head about. So good game from Mitchell Robinson. Another nice game from Jalen Brunson. Um, everybody else throw it in the trash. Uh, you know, would the, would the turkey have tasted or would the turkey have been a little juicier if they had won this going into Thanksgiving at, you know, nine and five? Yeah, you better believe it. But I still think overall um, I'm going to be very positive tonight if we're kind of looking over the, the 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 early season start as a whole. I, I will just repeat it. This is a tough schedule that they were handed. And really, and for them to come out of this above 500, I mean, I would have signed for 500 probably before the season started. I, I, I said it. Five and five after the first ten, and then from there, you know, can you go, you know, can you go, can you go two and two, and they got three and one, so good job by them, and now they go back home. Some challenging games to start: Miami, Phoenix. Those won't be any picnic, and then some winnable ones, and then you, uh, I think their their last game in that. Um, Sorry, Miami. It's only four games at home. Miami, Phoenix, uh, Charlotte, Detroit, and then they go to Toronto. And then the in-season tournament. So, 
We'll see. We'll see. Uh, the Miami game, by the way, on Friday is an in-season tournament game. So if you're someone who's all all gung ho about the Knicks making the, you know, making the in-season tournament um, knockout round or whatever, quarterfinals, uh, I guess get your get your pom poms ready on on Friday. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. Um, happy to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about tonight. Um, hey Andrew. Hi John. How are you? I'm good. Um, wish the Knicks would have got a W, but beggars can't be choosers, I guess. Uh, I have to settle some family business here at Knicks Homeschool. What's that? Because um, you and DJ and Jeremy did a watch along tonight for this game. Yes. And for those who don't know what a watch along is, because you haven't been following along, um, we now simulcast our playback broadcasts here on YouTube, just the stage. So you can watch along with us while uh, the game is going on. So while that watch long happened, we got some super chats. So that, so they are not completely ignored. I'm going to put them on the screen. Um, I have them screenshot here and you can just go through them real quick. Let's do it right now. So the first one is from Dominic Manzi, DiVincenzo. I thank you very much. Incredibly generous, Dominic. Um, DiVincenzo plays really well off of Randall and really knows how to get him going. The importance of Grimes' point of attack defense is overstated. The Knicks can switch. DiVincenzo is so much better for the offense. Grimes can benefit from watching. Um, and then Dominic uh, um, has another one about Cat. I'll save the one about Cat. Let me handle the, the Grimes DiVincenzo thing first. Yeah. Um, there's no question that the team benefits offensively with DiVincenzo in there. I think there is an argument that they benefit more offensively than he provides defensively in some situations. I think tonight, I mean, it's tough because the, again, it was a two point game at halftime and then the Timberwolves just came out and blew their doors off. But like with that little bit of Grimes offensive edge or excuse me, DiVincenzo offensive edge, would that have mattered tonight? It, It, I don't know. Their their offense was really struggling. And Grimes, for as much as like you talk about his point of attack defense tonight, sure, it was overstated because he was going up against Anthony Edwards. He has no chance against Anthony Edwards. He doesn't have the size to stay with Anthony Edwards. Quentin Grimes is great if you have to sick him on a Trey Young um, or or some guard of, of that ilk or like, a, you know, I'm watching. I have, you know, Golden State versus uh, versus Houston up right now. Like Van Vliet. Great. Put Grimes on Van Vliet. I mean, even Curry, you know, have Grimes as the primary defender on Curry. Like those smaller guards, like your point of attack, your classic point of attack, you know, defense. Anthony's a different animal. Do I think we should just throw Grimes' ability to defend the point of attack in the trash because he didn't look great tonight? No, I don't. Um, I think it's an ongoing conversation. I think organizationally right now, this is a decision they need to be extraordinarily careful with. Because you have touted this young player as essentially part of your core. And he's the guy you did. I know it doesn't matter, but like he's the guy you didn't want to give up on the Mitchell trade. He's he matters. And if you relegate him to the bench, you're like, you know what? He's not good enough to start for us right now. It doesn't mean you're dispensing with him. Like good organizations find ways to send guys to the bench and still make sure they feel valued and can still grow and learn and the whole thing. And it might actually be for the best for him. I just don't think it's a movie make right now. Not right now. Um, keep it going with Juan Sex Fifty One. I 
forgot that name and I love it so much. I know XJ is with me, but get a deal done for marketing and it changes this team. What are your thoughts on the fit? Um, I mean, is he, I mean, his three point shooting alone probably makes him a better fit than Randall. Um, that said, this team is still all about physicality and even though they don't get to the line as much this year as they have in years past, like Randall's a beast. Randall gets to the line. Like it's, I mean, he's one of the top 15 guys in the league getting to the line. Like marketing could do that a little bit, but like, he's mostly a shooter. He's going to put the ball on the floor. Like he's an incredibly gifted offensive player. He's more efficient offensive player than Julius Randall. I think it's safe to say, I think they would lose something though. And marketing is also not a passer. Like marketing, his, his assists, his assist numbers are like almost troublingly low. He's um, averaging 1.8 assists per game right now. Like, yeah, it's, I gotta say, it's kind of tough. I know he's a forward or whatever. It's kind of tough to have his usage and average under two assists a game. That's it. That's not good. And the Knicks are already a team full of guys who don't pass enough and are inclined to shoot. And with Julius Randle, like, look, we could poo poo them, but the fact that he, you look up every night and it's like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine assists, like it's nothing that matters. So, Look, if it was a straight up one for one trade, would I do it? Yeah, I, I think I'd do it, but it's not going to be a straight one for one trade because guess because Utah ain't doing that. So it's like, what else are you sending Utah? And I'm he's not the guy. Which is to, to answer your ultimate question, like, would it transform their team? No, I don't think it would transform their team. I, I there there might be a a a low level all star ish player that I would go I would make a big swing for. Marketing is not the one. Uh, Zach Halilovic, sick of missing good looks. Wolves cast black magic on their rims. Uh, I wish I had something to add there, but I don't. It was it was it was an annoying phenomenon to watch tonight. They had, they had good looks and they just couldn't hit them. That's the thing. The offense is functioning fine. They just didn't didn't make shots. And Dominic Manzi with another one. Can't tell me that Cat isn't trying out for the Knicks right now. He's got my attention. I mean, shouldn't take. I'm, I'm not. It's gonna sound harsh against you, but it shouldn't have taken tonight for anybody to realize what Cat does. Cat's we laugh at him because he like touts it like he's a five time MVP. But he is the best shooting big man of all time. And he is one of the most offensively talented big men of all time. Like that's there's no questioning that. He's awesome. The more interesting part for me is the Randall piece. Because if I didn't know any better, the way Randall came out and <laughs> like was he tanking his his value? No, but like, you know, like, uh, so look how poorly I played. You don't want me, Minnesota. Look, there's been reporting about the Knicks interest in cat. Like Matt Moore just came out with a piece. Um, I have reasons to doubt whether no, or not. I, I've, I've reasons to doubt that the Knicks were as aggressive as one could read that article and come away believing where Carl Anthony Towns is concerned. All that being said, did Leon Rose and like Minnesota's front office at some point this summer touch base on cat? I'm, I'm sure they did like that. I think we could say that and like, okay. And then the other, the part of the reporting that I did, to, the most notable thing, maybe the only notable thing I took from that story is that multiple league sources confirm that like if the Knicks ever traded for Cat, they would want to keep Mitch. Which I think if you go by how the Knicks talk about Mitch and like the stuff you hear about what they think about him internally and the fact that they held him on, on to him for all these years and the whole thing and how he's played this year, well, do the math. 
like them kicking the tires on this player and wanting to keep Mitch indicates, you know, and like, I, I know nobody's going to want to hear it, but like who changed agencies this year, this summer, it, it, look, it, it, it's, it, you don't have to read too far into it that at the, at the very least we could say that the Knicks front office is at least probably going through the part of like grappling with like, okay, whatever the next iteration of this team is, where we're competing for a title is Julius Randall, a part of it. And tonight he played against a person who could, could at some point maybe be considered his replacement. So I don't know. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you, everybody, for your super chats during the watch along. Let's get to the ones during the post game. Giddy up. Okay. Hamdi, my God. Hamdi, M, thank you. I think this is our, this might be our highest super chat of the year so far. Um, always astounded. Hey, KFS, traveling with the family and just wanted to wish everybody a happy and safe Thanksgiving. I'm grateful for KFS, for the Knicks, offensive rebounds, and most of all, smart guard, small guards taking charges. Yes, Jalen Brunson leading the league. Um, hoping for a win tonight. Well, would have been nice. But your generosity is appreciated nonetheless. Uh, but yeah, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving too. I'm really, I'm looking forward to this Thanksgiving. I think I'm probably... Looking forward to this Thanksgiving as much as I ever have looking looked forward to a Thanksgiving because um yeah, I just I yeah, feeling really thankful. So be nice to sit back and, and enjoy the day with family and I hope you get to do the same. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Are you hosting with family? Like having family over? No, we're we're going out east to uh ah. these parents in Jamesport. I I will be making some, if not all, of the side dishes, though. Ooh, what? I don't know. I'm going to do a stuffing. I'm going to do a potato. Um, and I will uh, do cranberry sauce, but that doesn't really count. 
maybe a vegetable of some kind. I always try to do, I've tried times in the past and I could never get them to my liking. Like a truly banging Brussels sprout mm. dish. And I actually made one the other night that was pretty good, which uh, again, this is what people came here to hear me talk about. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to contribute. Bro, the Knicks got run off the court. We can talk about our personal lives in the post game. It's okay. We're hosting for Thanksgiving for the very first time. Very nice. So that's a, that's a, that's an event. There are multiple cultures between like a lasagna is being forced to be made as well as some uh, arroz con candules. Shout out to my dad's side of the family. Yeah, it's Spanish. I, anyway, I gathered it was Spanish. Just making sure you, you know, someone could put the translate button up on the screen if they'd like to. Um, my mom's making a taco salad, and I think there will be turkey on this menu too for seven people. But regardless, um, yeah, I think we hosted one Thanksgiving in Long Island, first and last. Well, it's not my, not my thing. Oh, I, I see your Long Island Thanksgiving and raise you a Queens Thanksgiving. I would be. Playing chauffeur at certain points tomorrow. <laughs> anyway. Uh, busy. What's going on, Busy? Uh, I sent a Frank from Patreon super chat tonight. Ella. Listen, it's two games back. It's two games back. Two games back. That's it. He'll be, he'll be fine. RJ will be fine. Thank you, Busy. DJ2K. You know the refs are bad when Mike makes comments. I didn't hear a single word of the broadcast tonight because when I do... The watch along with the playback, I, 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 my brain can only process so many things at once. So I can't be hearing the game and have commentary on the game and like pay attention to what people are saying. So, but I, I, I agree. I didn't think the whistle was great. It wasn't like there wasn't maybe that one or two egregious calls where you're like, oh my God, what a disaster. And like in a big moment in a key spot, but there was the whistle was unfriendly without question. Well, Oliver, what's going on? Well, tough end to the road trip, regroup and get that win at home. I, I listen. I I didn't think this was a big game. I'm just gonna say it. Like it, again, you would have liked to get the signature win. Last game of the road trip, they took care of business. It was a winning road trip, regardless of what happened tonight. Like the Miami game. You know, it's like, again, like you lose a game, you still have a winning record. Like you're still going to be in the playoff picture in the East, whatever. It's friggin' November. I. This team fucking beat you. Like, I know it was six games. But they beat you kind of soundly in the playoffs. Let's just call it like it is. Um, You won two games and one of them, Jimmy Butler didn't play. You know, so. uh, You're home. Like, I know Miami doesn't treat the regular season the same as they do the playoffs, obviously. I'd like to see them win on Friday, especially coming off this effort. I think that'll be important. Thank you, Will. Jessica, what's going on, Jess? When I awoke, the dire wolf, 600 pounds of sin, was grinning at my window. All I said was, come on in. Don't murder me, I beg of you. Don't murder me. Please don't murder me, sang the Knicks. Um, well, 600 pounds of sin. That doesn't sound pleasant. Um, grinning in my window. I'm, I'm, I gotta tell you, if I woke up and saw anyone or anything grinning in my window, 
This is either the greatest dramatic pause of all time or John stuck in the Matrix. This is the Grateful Dead, by the way. That was an outstanding time for that that freeze frame, by the way, John. Hello? John? <laughs> I'm going to leave him up on the screen like that. Thank you, Jessica, for the super chat. Haitian Ferg. Uh, Tibbs. <clears throat> Tibbs tried different things, but our past players... Oh, wait, I'm here. Oh, here we go. John's back. All right, let's go back to Jessica. You know what happened? It paused on... If I looked out the window, and it just froze, and I was like, oh, no, what happens when you're looking out... You're grinning out the window? So the the thing killed me. I looked out the window. I saw the thing outside my bedroom window. I said, come on in, and it killed me. That's what happened. You said please, too, and it didn't honor your request. No, I was going to say, I, I wouldn't open the window for anything that was smiling at me from the other side of the window. Good good strategy. Good good rule of thumb. Thank you, Jessica. Um, sorry, I, my computer spazzed out. Haitian uh, hey, Ferg, what's going on, Haitian? Hey, Tips try different things, but our best players operate in the paint. They do. That's where they like to go. And shooting is needed to be on point tonight to have a chance. Minnesota bigs make it hard for RJ and Julius Randle. Grimes, IQ, and Dante DiVincenzo got to make open shots. Um, yeah, and like, listen, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that like those looks were all great looks, uh, but like, still, like you you mentioned the three names, Grimes, and did you mention Hart? You didn't even mention Hart because Hart's just as big an egregious um, violator here because. He doesn't take the open threes, but between Grimes, Hart, Quickly, and DiVincenzo, that's, let's see, two for 13, two for 15, two for 21. You are not going to win a lot of games if your guards who are tasked with being your floor spacers with that asterisk to Josh Hart. Go two of 21 from deep. It's not going to end well for you. Probably. Um, Anthony Sixto, thank you for that. I'm going to note that in the newsletter. Um, Anthony Sixto, Wolves starting to give that Nuggets feeling airtight and consistent. Offensive game, off game, but highlights the need for the shooting outside of our big three. Um, hashtag three, uh, hashtag number three, five seed. Um, listen, the shooting three point five seed. Three point five seed. I couldn't see the dot. That's my vision is going. I think their shooting is fine. I think their shooting is fine. I think this is a, it was a bad matchup for them. And like they got looks. Like they got looks, they didn't hit the looks. I thought Randall was particularly bad, especially in the first half. And RJ, like again, their guys got inside the paint. Like they just this is this is one of those like be better games, <laughs> you know. You don't know the secret to winning a game like this. Be better. That's the secret, you know. Have your best players be better. They have a, they have a big three. And one of those big three had a had a not a great game. A, let's say a, a 
a good game to a very good game. Randall had a below average to mediocre game, and that's probably putting it kindly. And I would say RJ Barrett had give RJ credit. Actually, I didn't say this at the top, and I should have. RJ, this team looked dead in the water when the second quarter was starting. Like their energy level just sucked. And RJ came in and he gave a shit. And um, it was evident and he was really putting, he gave it everything he had. And like, look, the stat line wasn't great for RJ tonight. I really appreciated the effort that he showed. I think he got a couple steals during that stretch. Um, And again, turning defense into offense was the best thing the Knicks had going for them all night. Uh, RJ was only credited with one steal tonight. So I, I, but it was definitely another turnover that he had his hand somewhere nearby in. Um, even so, not not a great night for RJ. So, you know, two of your three best three, two of your best three guys, and then all of your supporting pieces didn't do the thing they're supposed to do. Tough to tough to win. Alex, the Knicks were within two until the piano playing stopped. Oh my goodness! I guess we have to let people in behind the scenes here. So we were watching on playback and on the watch along, and um, I guess it was second quarter. Let's say second quarter. Um, my uh, my daughter started. She wanted to get a little, little little piano practice in, so she started practicing piano in the other room, playing an array of songs. Uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy. What was the other? If there was another one that's maybe recognizable, so like a Thanksgiving song, some song about a dog. I don't remember, but uh, it was it was lovely. She's doing very well, hitting all of her notes. And then I I closed the door because I thought it was, you know, kind of disturbing to watch along. And then poof, game went up in smoke. So sorry, Alex. That's my bad. Zach Kalilovic with another one. Uh yeah, the Wolves are impressive on defense, but they give up a lot of looks from three. You gotta make those if you want to compete versus them. It is what it is. I looked it up today and I, I sent out a, a chat about it. I think in the uh yeah, in the Substack chat. Uh the Wolves are undefeated this season when they hold teams under 40% shooting from 3 and they are 1 in 3 this season when teams shoot 40% or more and the one win they have against a team that shot 40% or more from 3 was the game they played the other night against the Pelicans with that they won by one point on a Carl Anthony Towns runner at the end of the game. And uh, there was no Zion. Zion did not play in the game. So, you know, yeah. You shoot 40% against it. But then again, if you shoot 40% against most teams in the NBA and you take enough threes, you're, you know, it's like an 80% chance or whatever that you're going to win it. But still, yeah, you this the difference is like you have no chance against this Wolves team if you don't hit threes. If you hit threes, you have a good chance or a chance. Thanks, Zach. CJ Cervantes, what's going on, Siege? Grimes doing cardio tonight. Start the big ragu. That's mean. You know, I I, I kind of hope like Grimes, like I don't know what he, where he's spending his Thanksgiving. I hope he gets away, gets his mind off his shit. Like, I just want to, I want to just reassert. We spent a lot of the summer getting really excited about Quentin Grimes in year three. I think that excitement was justified based on 
what we saw from him last year. He made real cognizable steps and for a young player. It is not come to fruition fully, although he has certainly had moments this season, like real important moments, um, either that helped them win a game or that, you know, games they lost where maybe they could have won because of what he did. I would not give up on this kid. I know you're not giving up on him, CJ, you know, but because it doesn't look great right now. And that's all you're pointing out is that it doesn't look great right now. Uh, don't give up on this kid. He's he, He'll be fine and probably better than fine. Dom, Dom Cappuccini. What's going on, Dom? Happy early Thanksgiving to you, my friend. So that is a number one defense. It's a big contrast from five or six. Are you still encouraged about the Miami game after that buzzsaw? Maybe they leave the tired legs back at the target center. What say you, John? Yeah, I mean, again, they shot 24% from three tonight. So 24% from three, best rim protecting team in the league. Combine those two things. Um, and then they they were a little tired defensively, I think, in the first half for sure. So like Wolves scored 58 points in the first half, despite the fact they got vastly outshot. Like, give the Wolves credit. They were making shots, but like the Knicks defense was tired. Um, yeah, I feel I feel good about this team. I really do. I feel good about this team. Um I I think it'll be, I mean, because every game against Miami is tight. I think they'll be a good tight, tight game against Miami. I would expect them to come out looking a lot better than they did tonight, for sure. They're retired. They're retired. This team's good. You know, are they elite? Are they great? Are they whatever you want to say? Are they a contender? This or that? They're a good team. We know they're a good team. And they're going to be good all season long. There's always going to be ups and downs. Tonight was a down. We'll see if Friday's an up. Hopefully it is. But uh, yeah, that's all I got. Thank you. And that is that. So um, Andrew informed me earlier today that I have am not getting in front of this microphone again until Thanksgiving. Although at some point, me and Andrew have to record a Patreon pod. So we'll we'll talk about when we're going to do that. Um, thank you for tuning in. Please like the video, subscribe to the channel. Um, if you're listening on the podcast feed later, leave a five star rating and a review. All that good stuff. And uh, just last but not least, on a on a personal note, again, Thanksgiving is coming a few days away. Um, on behalf of everybody here at Nick's Film School, it's easy to say these words, but I I, I wish I can, like, you know, um, mind like warp into everybody's minds how much I I really do mean this. On behalf of everybody here, we're so thankful that everybody allows us to do what we do because we wouldn't be able to do what we do. We wouldn't do it if like people didn't watch and listen and pay attention to the whole thing. So um, thank you everybody out there um, for helping make KFS what it is. And uh, we will see you with more funny games. Hopefully a win very soon. He's up.